Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Michael Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Ty Daly, the Chief Executive of Nursing Homes Ireland, uh, joins us now. And a very good morning to you, Ty, and uh, thanks morning, uh, for joining us. We've been hearing how nursing homes are in the front line and at the coalface of all of this. And uh, you've had uh, discussions with uh, the Minister for Health. Are you satisfied at this stage that uh, the nursing homes are getting the support that they need from government? Yeah, well, it's still a bit patchy, unfortunately, Michael. But um, to be fair to Minister Harris and indeed the HSE, there is a commitment there. I think the challenges now are logistical and and also, I suppose, in terms of PPE, you know, the the, the quantities and the quality of some of the equipment we're getting isn't isn't, uh, up to to standard. Uh, There is a commitment there to do it. Um, So what we need to do now is ensure that that commitment is is, is delivered on. As you said, the nursing home sector is dealing with uh, COVID very much at the coalface. As I said, in the last number of days, there's significant numbers of empty beds in the, in the acute hospital system. So, in effect, our, our nursing homes have become uh, mini acute hospitals at this point in time. So it's important that all of the supports, the national supports, are, are, are made available. Mm. Uh, have you any estimates uh, on how many people in the nursing homes have this? Uh, or is it a, a case that there are people who have COVID-19 but aren't being tested? Well, I suppose there's two issues. One is that we know now there's, I think, in excess of 150 nursing homes across the country uh, would have what they call an outbreak, and an outbreak is, is one or more um, resident with, with COVID. Um, that's still one-third of the total number of nursing homes in the country. So uh, I do want to say to your listeners that, you know, while it is a very challenging situation, we do need to maintain a sense of perspective mm. uh, and, and say to people that the vast majority of nursing homes, thankfully at this point in time, are still COVID clear. Uh, the figures that, that you, you, you request are provided on an evening basis by uh, the, the National Public Health Emergency. So we don't have the actual numbers. Uh, and, mm. you know, that's a moving target as well, if you like, because... Uh, sure. It depends on how quickly the, the test results are, are turned around. But we're hearing concerns uh, that some nursing homes are testing a patient, let's say. They discover that patient has coronavirus and then they assume that everybody in uh, the nursing home has coronavirus and they don't test them for it. No, that, that was the position a number of weeks ago, and, and that's not the nursing home's policy, by the way. I mean, mm. the nursing home is following all national guidance. That was the HSE's policy a number of weeks ago, uh, but they have clarified that matter now, and mm. what they are saying, and there's a commitment there to test okay. all residents and staff. Okay, but just, just, just to mention, Tag, we've heard this concern of course. Ju- ju- yeah, ju- just this morning from Sinn Féin, who, which is concerned that that continues to be interpretation of the policy, by, and incorrectly, by some nursing homes. No, the, the, the policy of the nursing homes is directed by, by the HSE, and I spoke to uh, Deputy Omoroku uh, just last week, I think, who, who uh, has raised this issue. So I spoke personally to, to mm-hmm. the deputy to make sure that he understood the position from a nursing home's point of view. The nursing homes are following national guidance. 
um, and we have supplied that guidance to them. Uh, but there are delays. That is the issue. Um, you know, last week we heard that there was up to 40,000 people awaiting testing. Now I believe that's down to 11,000, and there's a commitment this week that, that will be uh, expedited. So th- there is a clear commitment. We met the minister yesterday, as you say, mm. and he has given an absolute commitment that the testing will be speeded up significantly and that all residents and staff will be tested as appropriate. And the Chief Medical Officer uh, was a little bit confusing to listen to last night uh, because he was asked about uh, this uh, analysis of uh, the number of deaths recorded on RIP.ie by Seamus Coffey and uh, the additional 500 deaths and if perhaps some of them could have been coronavirus deaths that weren't recorded as such. Uh, He said it was a possibility uh, and wasn't sure if all coronavirus deaths in nursing homes were recorded as such uh, and wouldn't be if they hadn't been laboratory tested. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, what we need to do, we've said from the outset, I mean, I've been on your programme a number of weeks ago uh, when nursing homes were, were, were criticised for moving early in terms of the restrictions and there was quite a bit of anxiety. So from, from day one, the nursing home sector, uh, with respect, has led uh, on many of these issues. Uh, so I'm clear that we need absolute transparency on all of the numbers. Uh, we need absolute transparency on the numbers of tests. Uh, we need absolute transparency on the number of, of, of deaths in the nursing home sector because this is a worldwide pandemic. Mm. Uh, it's a very challenging situation, and if we are going to learn uh, in the short term and indeed in the medium to long term, we need full transparency on all of those matters. Uh, and it, that is a matter for the national public health emergency. Mm-hmm. We don't have any role to play in, in, in collecting that data, but our members obviously submit it, and all nursing homes and indeed all hospitals would submit that data nationally. And then it's up to the, the, the laboratories and indeed the National Public Health Emergency Team to analyse that data and to publish it accordingly. But we would concur uh, with some of the concerns that all of that data should be published. And, uh, uh, and is it your sense that the number of deaths are being underreported in nursing homes? To be honest, Michael, I don't know is the short answer because uh, I wouldn't have that information. Um, I mean, it's important to say that, you know, nursing home care has a long and, and uh, uh, distinguished uh, history in Ireland um, and provides high quality care right across the country and indeed up in Louth and Mead in particular. Um, and, you know, it, it is a factor that, you know, there are a significant number of deaths annually in nursing homes. Of course. I mean, what you're looking at yeah. is, is a very uh, aged population with, with complex medical conditions. Obviously, the uh, advance of COVID has, has uh, added further um, to, the, to this situation as we find ourselves. But, you know, we're clear that all of the, the uh, data should be captured and published. Uh, there's no benefit whatsoever. Um, we're clear from an, as an organisation point of view that communication with families mm. should be clear and unequivocal. Um, you know, this is a worldwide pandemic and it's, it's a particularly deadly virus. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't have any uh, qualms about, about reporting honestly and openly. Mm. And tell me a little bit more about how the nursing homes are, are communicating with family. Would a, a call from somebody who had uh, somebody, uh, I'm not sure what the relationship was in a, a nursing home yesterday, and they were concerned. And I'd have thought that it would be as simple as phoning the nursing home and they would say whether the virus was in the home or not. Well, I suppose there's a couple of issues there. I mean, you know, first of all, we've got to be clear here that someone just ringing up and saying I'm, a, you know, an aunt, an uncle, a first cousin, mm-hmm. a brother of, of, a, of a resident, uh, you know, is very challenging. Uh, what we need to do is ensure that there's a nominated representative contacting the nursing home because, you know, with respect, the nursing home may not know who the person on the other end of the phone is. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one issue. But uh, clearly, 
uh, we have given advice to our own members and guidance, uh, and many of them uh, uh, have, have were ahead of us in, in that respect in terms of the guidance. But the well, guidance I suppose that's what I mean, Tony, or uh, Tyke. I think most people uh, would know the staff in the nursing home, right. and the staff in the nursing home would know the family, and very well. I mean, very strong right. relationships are, are, are built up between both sides. Uh, so if you call the nursing home and you're, you're, you're known to them, uh, will they tell you if the virus is in the home or not? Uh, well, uh, there's two issues here. Yeah. Um, one is that if, if I mean, in the normal course of events, if a resident had a, uh, a fall in a nursing home, there'd be two calls made. The first call would be to the ambulance, probably, and the second call would be to the family. Mm. So the family are always contacted in terms of a change of a condition of a resident. So your listeners can be assured that if a resident has either uh, uh, listed for testing or indeed has a positive result, that they will be contacted by the nursing home and told uh, that their family member either A, is COVID positive, or B, preferably COVID negative. Mm. In terms of the other residents, I mean, what we need to do here is ensure that there's regular communication. But clearly, you know, the sector is stretched at the minute. And what we don't want is to have, you know, large numbers of people sitting on phones when they should be, uh, you know, providing hands-on care to older people. Okay. Uh, but the, the issue is clear from my perspective and from the organisation's perspective. Absolute um, communication is key. Uh, and we would urge, and, and we have given advice to people to maintain contact. So that could be electronic. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be email and text, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but communication is absolutely key. So, so, so you will be told uh, about the person you're related to in the nursing home, but you absolutely. won't. But, but you won't necessarily be told about the nursing home itself and the other patients, and if the virus is in it, whether well, the patients or, or the carers uh, or any of the staff, for that matter, have it. No, I mean the, the, the priority here is that the, the family member or the representative of the nose position of their family member. Uh, you know, the, I'm not mm. sure that there's any uh, huge benefit, to be honest, in, in terms of, you know, talking about uh, other residents. That would be inappropriate mm. to talk about any other residents or indeed uh, any other staff member in the home. Uh, mm. But they will be told the information on their own particular family member, and that's absolutely clear. OK, and um, just to clarify the situation, because as I'm sure you can appreciate, uh, people are concerned, and yes. it's the kind of information that they would like to know. Uh, if somebody is confirmed to have coronavirus and uh, they're resident in a nursing home, if they need hospital treatment, treatment, will they be brought to hospital? Absolutely, and that's a, a clinical decision, um, ultimately. Um, and we did get a commitment again from the Minister yesterday. I mean, again, there was guidance from the HSE a number of weeks ago saying that the person should be cared for in the nursing home for, uh, you know, and I think that's appropriate as well. I mean, mm. this is the person's own home. Mm. Um, so it's not necessary for every resident to be transferred to hospital, for example. They should have a, a peaceful, respectful, uh, palliative care in the nursing home. But if there are treatment decisions made that would benefit a person by transferring to acute hospital, then that will be done. And the Minister gave an absolute commitment yesterday, thankfully, mm. uh, that the hospitals are very much open uh, for business, as it were. In other words, they'll be treated like anybody else. Absolutely. And we've been absolutely clear on the outset. Age are, are, is not a predicator for, for um, treatment decisions at all, or shouldn't, should not be a, a predicator for treatment decisions. OK. And there's a, a number of things nursing homes are, are doing. Uh, to make sure that if it comes into the home that it's caught as quickly as possible, like they're taking temperatures regularly and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, visitor restrictions very early on, as I said at, at the outset, um, you know, we would be well used of, of in a nursing home setting of the winter flu or, or the vomiting bug, for example. So uh, it would be a lot of the similar procedures, uh, obviously on a different scale, given the, the threat of this particular pandemic. Uh, but yes, all of those procedures would be in place. And we're asking for people's forbearance uh, on that as well, you mm-hmm. know, to support staff, because the staff are doing an amazing job. Uh, you know, the staff are going into a, a, a setting, um, you know, uh, fearful maybe at times. 
um, for their for the, for themselves and indeed the residents in their care. So um, it's important that we acknowledge the staff who are working very very diligently in the nursing homes right across mm-hmm. the country and indeed in Louth and Mead at this particular time. Okay, and uh, if you go back to the 6th of March, it feels like a, a lifetime ago in so yeah. many ways and all the things that have happened in between and how wiser we are with uh, the benefit of hindsight. As you say, you were criticised then for restricting visitors to nursing homes. Uh, do you feel vindicated now at this stage? Look, it's not about vindication one way or the other, I suppose. Look, we, we made the decision at that time on the best information that we had. We, we thought the decision was right. I think it's proven now that the decision was right. But look, you know, we do that on a daily basis. Our members mm-hmm. in, in nursing homes across the country make decisions on a daily basis uh, on the basis of the care of, their, of, their, of the residents in their care. So, um, you know, it, it's about learning, obviously, for all mm-hmm. of us. None of us are, are beyond reproach. We all make mistakes and particularly in the area of, of, of health and social care. Um, but, yeah, look, it, mm. it, it, I suppose it did put us in a stronger position uh, to be able to fight off the virus in, in the large number of homes yeah. that are still COVID-free. Does it question the judgment of the chief medical officer? Because if I remember correctly, at the time, Tony Houlihan was saying to you, we don't want people taking decisions unilaterally. Yeah, well, look, the National Public Health Emergency and Dr. Holland are doing a fantastic job. I think no one would question either their, their, their work rate or, or their bona fides mm. whatsoever. You know, he, he felt that it was the wrong decision. We were clear it was the right decision. And look, we'll agree to differ. Um, but I'm sure we'll have that conversation again at some stage into the future. OK. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, there's anything you can say to address the concerns of people listening to us. Uh, so many people obviously have loved ones in nursing homes. Uh, they're talking to them. We're hearing on occasion in very sad circumstances uh, through windows or looking through windows to yeah. see them. Uh, they can't see them. They miss them. They want to communicate with them. They're worried about them and so on. Uh, what would you say to address those concerns, Tyke? Yeah, but I mean, as I said to you back a number of weeks ago, as you said, it seems like a lifetime ago. Mm. You know, that decision to restrict visitors in nursing homes was not an easy, an easy decision. It was made with a very heavy heart because we know that social connectedness is a huge part of the resident's life in a nursing home. But what I'd say to them is that trust the staff, trust the, the management team in nursing homes. Our staff see their, the residents in the home as part of their family. Um, and there is a family atmosphere within the home. We're trying to keep life as normal as possible, keep activities going, and keep people's spirits up. It is challenging, but it, you know we do need to maintain hope. Uh, and I would say to people, you know, use technology as well to make contact with family members, whether to Skype or FaceTime. Uh, we're lucky in this era that there are those possibilities available. But what I would say is, you know, talk to the staff and make sure that they pass on messages. You know, maybe we'd even get back to writing letters. Um, so I think there are other ways of doing it. I, I accept fully it's not mm-hmm. ideal, but all of those decisions are taken in the best interests of residents. Is there any record, just to conclude, uh, on the number of staff who are absent uh, uh, as a result of illness, whether that's COVID-19 or something else? Yeah, there's a significant number of staff out uh, because of, of, of the testing delays, to be honest. Right. And that's what we're finding. Precaution. Uh, figures that we would have had last week would be over 1,000 people at this point in time uh, mm. would be out awaiting, awaiting test results. So what that means is if, if, if they have had a test and they haven't had a result, then um, you know, they may not be, they're not in a position to, to attend for work. So that's having a, a big, big impact. But again, you know, mm. the other staff are rallying around, uh, people doing extra shifts, doing extra mm-hmm. hours. Um, you know, what, what percentage of the workforce is that, sorry? Well, there's about, there's about 30, 35,000, I right. suppose, whole-time equivalents in nursing homes. So it's, mm. a, it, it's, it's not a small percentage, I suppose. In some parts of the country, particularly in rural Ireland, it's probably not, not as uh, challenging. Mm. But definitely in urban Ireland, it's very, very challenging. OK, Tyg, thank you very much indeed for joining thank us. Thank you, Michael. Very much appreciated. Tyg Daly, Chief Executive of Nursing Homes Ireland.